Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again today. We are reacting to week four of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, who's the best team in the league right now? I'm not sure that there's a definitive answer. What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. Going into this week, it felt like there weren't as many huge storylines to prepare for. Many of the most flashy teams in the league were playing lesser opponents and dominated them. However, we did learn a lot about teams that we weren't so confident about coming into the week. Four of the previously 3-0 teams lost, and a lot of teams who had been underperforming really came to play and came to win this weekend. We'll start it off with the finest five, as we always do. Reminder, these are five games from the week that stood out the most to me. Number one is Buccaneers versus Patriots. In the first meeting between the Patriots and Tom Brady since he left town, the anticipation was massive. Would Bill Belichick be able to shut Brady down, or would Tom show out and beat his old team? The result was much closer, actually, than many would have expected. The Patriots were able to slow down the pace of the game. They really kept it in control. Their defense played incredibly well, and they didn't let Tom Brady expose them over the top. Mac Jones looked good and showed that he is capable of managing a game well enough to put his team in a position to win. He's not going to likely be a flashy, big, splash play quarterback, but he's exactly what Bill Belichick wants at this time. He's accurate. He's not overly risky. He controls the game with ease. I do, however, question that play call at the end of the game. On a super rainy night, I just don't trust the kicking game in those conditions, especially from that distance. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Nick Folk is a decent kicker, but I think Bill Belichick forgot that he doesn't have Adam Vinatieri out there. Personally, I would have put my faith in my offense to get three yards and go from there. Brady and the Bucks won their second game of the year thanks to final-minute kicks. They continue to find ways to win games when the other team sticks with them the entire time. There wasn't anything super impressive from the Bucks tonight, but they got out with a win, and that's really all that matters. However, their secondary continues to be a huge area of concern. The Bucks are going to have problems when they go up against teams with high-powered offenses and deep passing games. We saw this last week against the Rams, and I think we're going to see it again. The Bucks' top three corners were out last night, so I'm very concerned about the remainder of the season if those guys can't get healthy. However, their defense was able to blitz pretty well and kept Mac Jones under pressure the entire night. Tom Brady in the offense didn't look as dynamic against the Patriots, but I would honestly chalk that up to Bill Belichick and how well he knows his former partner in crime. A great game with fun storylines, but of course Tom Brady had to come out on top to complete the mission of beating every NFL team on the same night that he broke the passing yards record what a career he's had, and he just continues to impress. Number two is Cardinals versus Rams. This was a really interesting one. Um, the Rams were coming in as the fan favorite top team in the league with the MVP favorite as quarterback. But the Cardinals, they came in wanting to be the fan favorite team, top team in the league, with the now MVP favorite at quarterback. This result was one that I really did not expect at all. I knew the Cardinals had a shot in this game. But I did not see them dominating the Rams like they did. The Cardinals' offense made that vaunted Rams defense look average at best. And the defense did a good job of holding Matt Stafford to 20 points. They turned the Rams over twice as well, which I thought was super impressive. Not many teams have been able to do that so far this year. Kyler Murray, man, he has taken a huge step this year. 
and is really the MVP favorite right now after week four. Cardinals put up nearly 500 yards of total offense on that Rams defense. He spread the ball around so well. He doesn't just rely on DeAndre Hopkins to run his offense. He doesn't try to force it to Hopkins. Seven different Cardinals players caught passes, and Murray got all of them involved extremely well. James Conner has been a surprisingly strong signing. He's been a goal line workhorse this year with another two touchdowns this game. Didn't expect that from him. Now, the Rams are still one of the favorites to win it all this year, but I can't deny that this is a super bad loss for them. They had the opportunity to take complete hold of the NFC with a win, and they failed to do so. Their defense needs to play better than that if they want to come out on top over the Cardinals in this division. They're going to get another opportunity to play them and tie up the series. If they want to win this division, they cannot afford to lose many more games. I don't see the Cardinals dropping too many, and the Rams need to keep that distance tight. This rivalry is going to be super fun, and this division is proving to be very competitive. This can be a great division to follow for the rest of the year. Number three is Panthers-Cowboys. The final score of this game really doesn't serve justice to the performance of the Cowboys and the dominating effort that they put on. The Cowboys solidified themselves as a borderline top five team in the league with this win, and they're really clicking on all areas of their game. Their offense looks spectacular. We were all worried about Zeke coming into the year, but he has played extremely well. Dak Prescott continues to throw the ball well. And because of that emergence of the run game, he is not being forced to throw 50 times a game like they often asked him to do last year. And let's talk about this Cowboys defense. They might be one of the most improved units in the league. Trayvon Diggs has placed himself in the conversation for the best corner in the league, which is super unexpected in my opinion. They know what they do well, and Dan Quinn understands that as long as he can hold the opposing offenses to less than 30 points, the Cowboys are going to win most of their games. Now for the Panthers, they took their first loss of the season, but I like the fight that they showed in the fourth quarter. They didn't lie down and quit. They rallied. They put up two late touchdowns and kept it close. But man, they were really struggling with the absence of Christian McCaffrey, and the Cowboys were able to back up and force Darnold to make tough throws, two of which were intercepted. I still think the Panthers have a chance to keep that momentum that they had through the first three weeks and make the playoffs, but the Cowboys exposed a lot of the holes on their team, and they need to fill those in the upcoming offseason. This was an off game for Sam Darnold, but I'm sure he would take this performance any day over another year with the Jets. He truly has taken a huge step this season. Number four is Bengals versus Jaguars. This was a game that would have been buried in the 1 o'clock slate for the past 20 years, but it was now in the bright lights of prime time due to two young, promising quarterbacks. It was a super fun matchup between two guys that are going to be the future faces of the NFL. Starting with the Jags, this was their best performance so far, and Trevor Lawrence made a lot of mature decisions throwing the ball. He didn't turn it over at all, which was super good to see. He looked super confident running the ball as well, and he put up 36 yards and a rushing touchdown. James Robinson continues to look special, and I really just can't justify at this point the decision to take Travis Etienne in the first round of last year's draft. We've seen in previous years that first-round running backs just almost never work out, and to take one when you have a budding young star just doesn't make any sense to me. The Jaguars jumped out to an early lead in this game, but they gave it up in the end. Uh, that's just based on discipline and experience. This team will get there, but it's going to take some time. There were a lot more positives to take away from this game than negatives. So overall, it was a decent performance. Now for the Bengals, Joe Burrow suddenly finds himself atop the AFC North 
with a 3-1 and record. Now, they obviously haven't beat any great teams yet, but this is an amazing start for Cincy. The weapons on the outside are abundant. T. Higgins was out with an injury, but Tyler Boyd stepped up and had a sensational game. And C.J. Uzama, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, came out of nowhere with two touchdowns. Super exciting times if you're a Bengals fan. Next up, though, a huge, huge matchup against the Packers, which could be the biggest game in Burrow's young career. The final game, number five, is Chargers versus Raiders. Unshaken by the 75% Raider crowd, Justin Herbert once again led his team to victory. He stayed calm and delivered strike after strike to hand the Raiders their first loss of the season. This Chargers team is so dangerous because of how many ways their offense can beat you. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were largely kept in check on Monday night. Combined, they had less than 50 yards receiving. But Herbert was able to utilize all three of his tight ends. Both Jared Cook and Donald Parham had touchdown catches and some other huge, huge plays. Not to mention the running game and the screen plays that were used to perfection against the Raiders. Austin Eckler had a huge night with nearly 150 total yards and two touchdowns. And the other running backs got involved too. This Chargers offense can beat you deep and make huge plays, but they don't rely on it. They don't need to. They can expose you in a multitude of ways. Justin Herbert had his sixth game of his young career with three-plus touchdowns and no turnovers, and he made the necessary plays to lead his team to victory. He is easily a top-10 quarterback right now, and anyone who denies that is downright wrong. Now, the Raiders, they took a tough loss, but I don't think they should be down on themselves. They kept fighting and put themselves in a position to come back and make it a game in the second half. The problem that I see is that they played very good defense given the circumstances. They were without their top three corners, and they kept the Chargers wideouts in check. They didn't let Herbert beat them deep. The defensive line played extremely well, and they pressured Herbert the best of any team this year. However, the Chargers were still able to march down the field every drive and slowly crack through the Raiders' defensive unit. The offense was also some cause for concern. Derek Carr was under pressure all night due to a super poor offensive line, and it was difficult for him to throw it down the field. He had some nice plays like the deep ball to Ruggs and the touchdown to Waller, but the Raiders' offense needs to be more consistent and steady if they're going to make a playoff push. They were not able to run the ball at all, and this is a huge problem. The Chargers have not been able to stop the run at all this year. They've given up 100-plus rushing yards in every game. Josh Jacobs has taken a huge step back, and it's going to cause Las Vegas a lot of problems. Now, I think both of these teams are playoff teams, but the Chargers showed on Monday night that they are clearly the better team of the two. What a win for Justin Herbert and Coach Brandon Staley. Now we'll go into some other big storylines from the weekend. First off, the Buffalo Bills, they looked incredible. Not only is Josh Allen and the offense putting up 35-plus points over the past three weeks, their defense has given up a total of 44 points over four weeks with two shutouts. This team is looking like the top team in the AFC right now. Their matchup next week with the Chiefs is going to be huge. Speaking of the Chiefs, their defense looks terrible. The Eagles didn't even have to punt one time, not once. This is the Eagles we're talking about. I mean, if the Chiefs give up 30 points and 500 yards to the Eagles, they're going to struggle to make it back to the Super Bowl, which is their goal, and anything less is going to be a disappointment this year. Now, we know their offense is amazing, but we saw what happens when they go against good defenses in the first three weeks. 
they were lucky not to start 0-3. When they're going up against offenses that can keep up with them and defenses that are much better than them, they're going to struggle to win games. I still think they're the AFC favorites, but other teams are gaining on them quickly, and like I said, that matchup with the Buffalo Bills next week is so big for both teams. Number three, we got the Jets getting their first win. Zach Wilson looked surprisingly solid, and he had one of the most impressive rookie performances so far. He used his arm talent to make big plays. This Jets team is going to be fine. I repeat this every single week. They are expected to lose a lot of games. They are not expected to have a good year. Rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle. But as Zach Wilson showed this week, he can make plays. There is potential. Now, the team that the Jets played, the Titans, are part of arguably the worst division in football. The Jaguars and the Texans look like bottom feeders, and the Colts have underperformed, finally got their first win this week. The Titans, who are the division leaders as of now, just lost to the Jets. They're only 2-2, two and two, and really their only offense as of now is going through Derrick Henry. Now, I know they had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out this week, but honestly, neither of them have impressed much this year so far. It's really just been Derrick Henry running the ball down people's throats, and that might not work for the rest of the year. Next up, Trey Lance finally got to run the offense when Jimmy Garoppolo went out with an injury. Now, he looks fine, but he's clearly not ready to start yet. Like I said at the beginning of the year, if they can't win with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance is not going to be the answer, at least not yet. Garoppolo has played well this year, and I hope he comes back healthy because Trey Lance really needs a year to sit and learn behind him. We're seeing it with the other rookie quarterbacks. They're struggling because they've been forced in there right away. Trey Lance has the opportunity to sit a year behind a veteran quarterback, learn from him, and then go out next year and ball out. Speaking of quarterbacks that are balling out, Daniel Jones is quietly putting up a very solid season. It was exciting to see the Giants finally get a win this week. They have been so close all year with two last-second losses, and they've played much better than their 0-3 record shows. Saquon Barkley had a spectacular game. He has really stepped up this year, and this Giants defense is sneaky good. I'm really excited to see what the Giants can do in the upcoming weeks. And finally, the Browns. They have not looked like Super Bowl contenders like we thought they would be coming into the year, at least over the last few weeks. The offense had another mediocre game against the Vikings on Sunday. For whatever reason, their offense just doesn't look as good when Odell Beckham Jr. is out there on the field. Now, I don't know why this is, but it's an undeniable fact. Baker Mayfield needs to figure it out with his star wide receiver. He played poorly on Sunday and overthrew OBJ on multiple occasions. This is not a good look for him, and they need to figure this out before they start playing better opponents. Now we'll get into my top 10 rankings after week four. Number 10, I have the Browns. I dropped them quite a bit because I just haven't been impressed over the last few weeks, especially with that offense. Defense has looked really, really good. But if they're not scoring points, they're going to have a hard time beating some of these elite teams in the AFC. So I have the Browns at 10. Number 9, I have the Ravens. They got a good win against the Broncos this week. But still nothing super impressive. I want to see them go against some better opponents before I move them higher on this list. Number 8 is the Chiefs. I kept them out for a week. But they're just too good to keep out of the top 10 rankings. Their offense is amazing. Tyreek Hill had a huge week, and Patrick Mahomes just continues to throw the ball all over the field. Like I said, though, that defense is cause for concern. Otherwise, they would be much higher. Number seven is the Cowboys. They continue to impress. They look really, really good. 
they're going to start running away with this division, and they could honestly get a high seed in the NFC. Number six is the Chargers. They put up two back-to-back huge wins against quality opponents. I really like what they're doing. I have them at number six. Number five is the Packers. They're starting to catch their stride here. Got a big win over the Steelers. Aaron Rodgers continues to look very good. Have them at number five. Number four is the Bucks. They got a win over the Patriots, but they did lose to the Rams last week, who are now not an undefeated team, so I have them at four. I still have the Rams one space ahead of them at number three because they did beat the Buccaneers, but the Rams dropped because number two, the Cardinals beat them this week in pretty convincing fashion. Love what I see from the Cardinals. However, I don't have them at number one because the number one team has looked so dominant in the last three games that I have to have them there. The Bills, they are clicking on all cylinders. I am so excited for that matchup with the Chiefs this week. Right now, it's looking like their defense is one of the best in the league, and we know what their offense can do. So I have the Bills at number one in the league. And lastly, we'll get into the clutch factor player of the week. This is a player that played their best when it mattered the most. Runners-up this week, Evan McPherson, his second runner-up of the year, for nailing the game winner to beat the Jaguars on Thursday night. He's proving to be a very clutch kicker and not getting much attention for it. Number two, first-time appearance on this list, Zach Wilson. What a surprise. For leading his team down the field to get that game-winning field goal to get their Jets their first win this year and their first win in a long time. And lastly, for runners-up, J.D. McKissick. He dove for the end zone, game-winning touchdown against the Falcons. It was an amazing play, definitely fun to watch. He gets a runner-up. But, obviously, the clutch factor player of the week has got to go to Saquon Barkley, right? Scoring the game-winning touchdown in overtime against the Saints. What a performance from him. A great day on the ground. And the Giants get their first win. Super excited for those guys. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. We will be back next week for the Week 5 Reaction Show.